You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. But um, I was thinking this week about how um, how many friends we have lost over the last couple of years, but how many new friends we've gained over the last couple of years at, at this church, and how much we've grown as a church, and how little you may know about me. I was talking to somebody who's been here over a year, and I was telling them stories about just stuff I feel like I say every week, and they didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to tell some stories today about some, some uh, old school revelations and stories that, that maybe I, I haven't said in a little bit, so you can get to know more about us, but um, I think we'll bring some revelation. The goal of today is to light you up. The goal of today is to get you filled with great Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray for people at the end of the service. But um, uh, so I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, soccer, you name it. I played it. And can I just say today is the greatest time of the year every year because it's college football, it's pro football, it's baseball playoffs. How come no one's cheering? (laughs) Sorry about the Dodgers, man. Sorry. I am sorry. I want, I was pulling for him. I was pulling for him. But, but I played, I played sports and I, and I knew that like baseball was probably my ticket to maybe being able to play professionally. And so I was believing to go to UCLA to play baseball. That ended up happening. I got to go to UCLA, play baseball. We went to the world series. It was like such a great, awesome time. Um, and, uh, and then, um, I always wanted to play professional baseball. So in 1997, um, I got drafted by the Florida Marlins in the ninth round. And so I got to uh, fulfill my dream of playing professional baseball. I didn't make it to the, to the big leagues. I had uh, five knee surgeries. And after my last one, I retired at 26. I like to say I retired at 26. I didn't quit nothing. I retired. Retired. And so, but, but my second year playing for the, the Marlins organization, we had spring training in Florida. And so I was in Florida and, and spring training is a time where you go before the season starts and you train and you get into shape and you play exhibition games and you get to kind of mingle with all the different divisions. Cause in, in baseball, it's like, it's like rookie ball, single a high sing or high a double a triple a big leagues. And so in spring training, you kind of get to co-mingle with all the different teams and players from all the different leagues and areas. And that's what spring training is. And so the late nineties was like steroid era. If you remember baseball, it was like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these do you name it. They were on roids probably back in the day. And, uh, you know, guys that are 150 pounds hitting 50 home runs a year. Like it was insane. It was a steroid era. So I'm in spring training and back then I was 15 pounds bigger than I am right now. I mean, my whole profession was sports. So I worked out all the time. I, you know, it was in really good shape. So we're in the, um, we're in the showers in spring training. And this guy walks into the showers and he was like, dude, what kind of steroids are you on? And I was like, I'm not on steroids. And he's like, well, you should be, man. You'd be so yoked if you were on steroids. You'd be even bigger, man. You should do it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to like grow hair out of my teeth or, (laughs) you know, have female breasts or, you know, something where I hadn't had kids yet. I want to have kids. And so I'm like, I don't want to do steroids. Like I, I, I wasn't necessarily living as a Christian back then, but I was Christian enough to know I didn't want to do drugs. 
And so I get out of the, out of the shower and that dude's buddy, they, they kind of rolled together. And this guy uh, later went on to win a, a World Series. But he asked me, he's like, dude, why don't you just do it, man? Like, you'd be so much bigger and, and even stronger than you are right now. And he's like, I don't even work out. He's like, I take steroids and I don't even work out. You don't even have to work out if you take steroids. And I'm thinking to myself, you are dumb. Like, if you're going to cheat, cheat. Like, if you're going to take steroids, at least work out. At least get the full benefit of the damage you're doing to your body in the future. At least get the full benefit now. Like, if you're going to go in, go all in. I mean, maybe you'd get some benefit from just taking steroids. I don't know. But if you're going to do it, go all in. At least hit the gym. At least work out. At least get the full benefit of these illegal drugs. Christianity, without the power of the Holy Spirit, is like taking steroids without working out. You may get some benefits, but you're not going to get all the benefits. There's so much more available to you. If you're going to go all in, go all in. If you're going to give your life to Jesus, receive the power of the Holy Spirit as well. You might as well go all in if you're going to go in. I mean, the only thing I could admire about these guys is they were willing to put their body in harm's way to chase their dream. They were willing to go all in. They were willing to perhaps damage their future, but they knew they only had one time, one opportunity to make it to the big leagues, and so they were going all in, be it illegal, and I'm not condoning steroids. Thank you. I'm not condoning drugs. But what I am saying is if you're going to go in, if you're going to give your life to Jesus, why don't we take full advantage of the relationship? Why don't we receive the power of the Holy Spirit? I like to say, if you, if you, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. So when you die, you're going to go to heaven. But when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive the ability to bring heaven to earth while you're alive. Why not go all in this morning? This morning, I want to light you up. I want to Wet your appetite a little bit for the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to put power on his people, but he's looking for people that are hungry. He's looking for people that are thirsty. He's looking for people that are willing to go all in to see all that God has for them in their lives. I came to Awaken Church 14 years ago, and I was hungry for the power of God. I wanted the power. I wanted the juice. The reason I wanted the power is because before I came here, I got healed by the power of the Holy Spirit when I was in a hospital. How many people here have never heard me tell that story? A lot of you. When I came here this morning, I was going to tell a really, really short version. Now I'm going to sh- tell a short version, but not a really, really short version, because I know a lot of us have heard the story. But before I came here, I was in, in, in full-time commercial real estate. My wife was a probation officer, and I was driving around in North County, and I got a stomach ache. I got a stomach ache, and I was like, oh, that, 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 that kind of hurts, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and take some Advil and, and lay down for a little bit. So I go home, and then my stomach ache got so bad that I was like, babe, I think I need to go to the hospital. And so she took me to the hospital, the emergency room, and I got into the hospital, and they told me that I was dehydrated, so they filled me full of fluid and sent me home. So the next day I go back, or the, the next day... The next day I go and I, and I, um, and my stomach got, it got worse. I didn't get better. 
And so I go back to, the, to my wife and I'm like, babe, I think I need to go back to the hospital again. So I go back to the hospital again and I go in and they check me out and they say, oh, you're not just dehydrated, you're also constipated. And I was like, man, constipation hurts. I feel bad for constipated people. And so they give me some Motrin and send me home and say, you're gonna be fine. Well, the next day I wasn't fine, I was worse again. And I was curled up on the floor and I was like, it was nighttime and I was like, oh man, I gotta make a decision. Do I wake up my wife? You don't wake up my wife. She likes her sleep. You don't even wake up my daughter, she loves her sleep. And so I was hurting so bad, I made a decision to wake up my wife. And I said, babe, I know, I know. She thought I had the man flu, you know, but she was like, I'm hurting so bad, I can't sleep. I'm, I'm in a ball, like I need to go back. So I go back to the emergency room. I show up and the nurses and doctors are like, hey guys, there's the constipated guy again. And I walk in, but this time they take my blood. They test my blood. And they come back and the first thing that the doctor says is sit down and he asks me if I have a will for my life. And I was like, why do I, have a, why do I need to have a will? But we do have one. And he said, because your kidneys are failing. You have acute renal failure. Your, uh, your kidneys are measured by your creatinine levels. If you get to an eight, you're at dialysis for the rest of your life. At one, it's normal. You're right in the middle at about four. We need to admit you right away to the hospital. And so I get admitted into the hospital. Over the next four days, I lose 20 pounds. And it gets worse each and every day. It's almost to like a five by the time it's like a Thursday. I went in on a Sunday, it's like Thursday. And so I, 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 I didn't know, the doctors didn't know why I got sick. And so anyways, I knew one person, I knew two people that uh, knew how to pray with power. That was Pastor Jurgen because I had met him, even though I wasn't going to the church yet, and my uncle. So I called them both. Pastor Jurgen said, hey, I'm not in town, but have Dr. Matt get this guy, Mark, and let him, let him come and pray. And so he brings this guy, Mark, in to pray for me. This guy, Mark, fasted for an entire day for somebody that he had never met before. So he comes into the hospital and he, be, and he says, can I pray for you? And I said, yes. And he says, I got a word for you out of Isaiah 58, which is about fasting. And he says, your healing shall come forth speedily. And then he begins to pray and prophesy and he lays his hands on me. My heart's beating out of my chest. The presence of God enters the room. My friends and family that are in the room at the time are crying. Everybody's crying. We've never seen or experienced or heard anything like this before. But as he prays, the power of the Holy Spirit hit my life, hit my kidneys. And after he was done praying, I knew something had shifted. And he said, make sure you get a blood test before they do the biopsy, which they were scheduled to do the next day. So the next day they do a blood test. The test comes back. My creatinine levels had plummeted from a 4.8. It was getting worse every day to a under, under a 2. The next day it was one normal. The next day I was released from the hospital. The doctors didn't know why I got sick. They didn't know why I got healed. But I knew that the power of the Holy Spirit just came on my life. So it was from that time that I looked at him and I said, I want what he has. That's why when I came here, I wanted power. I wanted to experience God. I just didn't want to hear about him. I had already, once you get healed, it's over. It's game over. You know God's real. No one can now tell me God doesn't heal. Too late. No one can say that healing's just for the times of the Bible. Too late. It's already happened. So I came hungry for power. And so then I learned that the only way you can get that kind of power is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I started to, to read the Bible about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that? 
And I said, Pastor Jurgen, how do I get it? I wasn't going here yet, but Dr. Matt had introduced me, so I took advantage of that. And I was like, how do I get it? And he said, Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. He just said, be hungry. God will show up. Be hungry. Be thirsty. God will show up. And so that's what I did. And I started reading the Bible, and I'm like, wait, when I got saved, I received the Holy Spirit. But then there's a separate thing that happens that you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's two different experiences. You get saved and you get empowered. And so I was reading in John 20, and John 20, Jesus shows up to his disciples. They're having a meeting. The door's not even open. He just shows up into their midst. Shows them his, his, the holes in his, in his wrists, eats with them, talks to them. And he says, peace be with you. And then in John 20, 22, it says, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so right at that moment, the disciples are looking at the resurrected Jesus. And he says, and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So they're saved. They saw him, they touched him, they ate with him, they received the Holy Spirit. But then he says, go make disciples of all nations. But before you go, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. And then in Acts 1.8, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But then they already have the Holy Spirit. Yes, they did, but they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says, I, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you get power and you get fire, firepower. You become powerful. You tap into a spiritual steroid that you didn't have before. The title of this message is Spiritual Steroids. I don't know if I said that. Spiritual Steroids. They're legal and available. And it's available today. So I was hungry for it. And so eventually I got baptized with the Holy Spirit at a youth meeting that I wasn't supposed to be at. It's this crazy story, but I'm not going to share it. But I am going to share my wife's story. <laughs> because she was like a little bit anti this Holy Spirit thing. Because when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you read Acts 2, the first sign is you start to speak in tongues. And the church loves to be divided over this issue of speaking in tongues, even though it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so instead of going to a bunch of scriptures, I'm going to tell you her testimony to prove to you that it's real. Prove to you that it's real. So we're, we're, we're coming to the church now, and she's still a little bit, uh, I don't know. When we came to this church, she lost friends because people didn't believe. They thought we were a cult and all this kind of weird stuff. And just because you speak in tongues and believe that people get healed. Um, those same people call us when they need prayer now for healing. But anyway. Um, but anyways, so, so, so we're going to the church now, but she's still a little, uh, she didn't know if she'd actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So she's like, God, I need you to show me overwhelmingly, like where I can't dispute that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we were going to a conference in Australia called Planet Shakers in Melbourne, Australia. And we get there with Pastor Jurgen, and we sit through the whole conference. Nothing happens. This is about three months after we started coming to the church. Nothing happens through the whole conference. And then Sunday comes. And it's Sunday, we go to the Planet Shakers church service on the Sunday. And we're all worshiping, having a great time. They're known for the worship. And so it was powerful. And so we're going into worship, and my wife, all of a sudden, as she starts to worship, hears this loud, obnoxious person speaking in tongues. And she's like, gosh, that's so distracting in her head. And then she stops worshiping. She's like, where is that person? I'm going to go tell him to be quiet. She couldn't find him. 
So she, whatever, so she goes back into worship. And again, she hears this person, loud, obnoxious, speaking in tongues. And she's like, if you know my wife, she's like, that is so annoying. <laughs> so she stops worshiping. She's like, where is that person? And she looks around and she doesn't see this person. So she's like, whatever. So she goes back into a time of worship. And again, this obnoxious person yelling out in tongues as she's worshiping. And as she's worshiping, she realizes that that loud, annoying, obnoxious person yelling in tongues is her. It was her. God was answering her prayer. She said, God, I need you to overwhelm me so that I know that it's you. So she's speaking in tongues loud and obnoxiously. People, people beside her are probably going, shut up. But she's speaking in tongues. God answered her prayer because she was hungry. She wanted more. She wanted to experience all that God had for her. So she got baptized in the Holy Spirit that day. And since then, I can tell you, our lives have been so different. We've experienced the Bible, not just read it. We've seen miracles. We've seen healings. We've seen the power of God. I've seen so many different diseases and just healed just like that. It's been amazing. We've, getting, we've got words from God that I never got before. God spoke to me that I never heard him before until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. In a, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you the opportunity to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. She was hungry, so God made it plain. And here's the thing about the kingdom. The, the hungrier you, or, or the more you eat, the more hungry you get. In the world, the more you eat, the fuller you get. But in the kingdom, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. The more you drink of the things of God, the thirstier you get. The less you eat, the less hungry you are. That's why you gotta continue to, to add passion to your, to your Christianity. You gotta do things to light that fire on the inside of you. That's what today is about. That's what church is about, to light you up for the things of God. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. Psalm 34, eight says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. The more you taste and see the goodness of God, the more you're gonna want it. That first time you hear from God, you're gonna be like, God, speak to me again. That first time you get a miracle in your business, God, do it again. That first time you get a healing, God, do it again. You're gonna want more and more and more. But when I got to Awaken, I was like really intimidated by people. I thought that everybody had been, you know, operating in the gifts of the spirit and the power of God for so long. And I was already 30 years old and, you know, I'm late to the party and everybody else is so much further advanced than me spiritually. And what am I doing here? And I was feeling really like, uh, anxious about all of that. And then God gave me one of my first revelations um, when I was here, and it was, it was out of Philippians 4, 11. And this is Paul speaking. He says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Paul, the apostle Paul, had to learn how to be content. And so that was enough for me. I knew, I knew where I was, and I knew I couldn't change where I've been or where I am, but I can't change where I'm going. And so I had to be content where I was. You're never going to make any progress unless you can have contentment, be satisfied with where you are, but don't stay where you are. But you have to be content because you can't change where you are. Why beat yourself up, up for it? I was beating myself up spiritually because I was so far behind all of these people. And God said, you just have to learn how to be content so that I can take you to the next level. And then it goes on to say, I know how to be a base and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, 
both to abound and to suffer need. So you can actually be full and hungry at the same time. Your job and my job is to be content to be full, but to stay hungry. As soon as your hunger goes, your growth goes with it. As soon as your thirst goes, your growth goes with it. We got to stay hungry. We got to stay hungry. Proverbs 26, 20 says this, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. You and I got to continually add fuel to the fire. We got to continually experience God or else that fire is going to burn out. That fire is going to burn out. And I got to tell you this last month, I, I felt a little bit of burnout. I felt a little bit like my fire was going out. And so I posted on social media just so I could be accountable to the world that October is about the gym and Jesus. Gym and Jesus. Because we're mind, body, and soul. We're, we're, you are spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul. And for me, when I go to the gym and I'm in shape, my soul seems to just work better. And when I'm in the Bible, my spirit is, is built up. My spirit man is built up. And so I said, I'm going to the gym and I'm gonna read my Bible and pray every single day. And to this point, I've, I've missed one day of exercise, but I haven't missed one day of Jesus. And I'm feeling better. I'm feeling like I put some wood on the fire. Some of you need to challenge yourself in your spiritual life or in your physical life or whatever it is that lights you up. Whatever it is that keeps that fire going. Maybe for you, it's fasting. If you wanna add some juice to your prayers, start to fast. Start to fast. Sometimes you can't get breakthrough unless you fast. Jesus came to a, a little boy who was demonized and he cast out a demon when the disciples couldn't. And they came to him and they said, Jesus, how, do you, how did you do that? How do we do that? And he said, some things don't come out, but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Fasting will light you up. The more you starve yourself physically, the more hungrier you'll get spiritually. If you want to get hungry again, starve yourself physically. And spiritually, you'll get hungry. It'll help you. It'll add something to your prayers. It'll add some spiritual steroids to your prayer life. And you'll find you'll get breakthrough in certain areas. Maybe for you, it's pain. Did you know you can use your pain to put wood on the fire? Don't waste your pain. The worst thing you can do is waste your pain. We all go through pain. Use it for wood. Use it to light yourself on fire. 15 years ago, sorry, not 15 years ago, 2007 to 10, about that. If you were around back then and paying attention, you would know that the real estate market crashed. Back then I was in full-time commercial real estate and uh, we were losing everything. We were fully invested in real estate and my job was real estate. And so as the market tanked, I tanked. We went from, you know, being real estate millionaires to being nothing heirs. We had no money, zero. I even had to, we even had to sell my wife's wedding ring just so that we could live for another month. So in 2007 is when this fight started and we were losing everything. We had 13 properties all around the country. We started losing them one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. But we were fighting to save our own home. So at the beginning of this 2007 is when the battle started and, and my wife gave birth to our son Hudson in September. And back then, um, women's prayer was at our house. And uh, so my little son was, you know, just a month or two old and my wife would feed him and then I would take him upstairs and then the ladies would come over and then they would pray. 
And I would take my son at that time and I would pray with him. I would take him up to the, it was like his time to sleep. So I would take him upstairs into our room. We had one of those little glider chairs and I would glide in that chair and I would pray for my son. And it was our first son. So, you know, it was just like really precious time for me. And I would pray over him and I would declare things over him. I would pray that he would be bigger, faster and stronger than everybody else in his grade. That he would dominate all areas of life. And also during this time, he was so young, we were teaching him how to sleep. We were teaching him how to put himself to bed. We're baby wise parents. And if you don't know what that is, get to know what that is if you don't have kids yet. But basically it helps you train your kids how to go to sleep. And so while I was rocking him one day, in the middle of this fight to keep my home, in the middle of this fight financially, God spoke to me so clearly, maybe the most clear still to this day that I've ever heard him. And he said, it's okay to cry. And I had cried a lot during this time. I'm not a crier, but I had cried a lot. And God said, it's okay to cry. And I don't know if this happens to you, but when God speaks, he can speak in a moment, but then a book can unfold in that moment. So one little word can unfold a book or an experience in your life. So right when he said, it's okay to cry, I knew what he was talking about. Because not only were we in a fight for our life, but we were also teaching my son how to sleep. And Babywise says that when you put your son to bed or your child to bed when they're young, that when they start to cry, because as soon as you put them down and take your hand off, they'll get separation anxiety and they'll start to cry. They said, as soon as you do that, you cannot rescue them. You cannot, you just have to put them down and go. And if you can teach them how to sleep for themselves, they're gonna be healthier because they're gonna sleep more. If they wake up in the middle of the night, they're gonna be able to put themselves back to sleep together. If they can sleep all night, mama can sleep all night. And all the men said, hallelujah. But what you can't do is rescue them once you start the process. If you rescue them, when you start the process, you have to start all over. And it's gonna be harder the second time. And this is our first baby. He's like this big. So when I laid him down on his bed and he started to wail and to cry, it cut me, cut me in my heart. And I'm watching my son bawl his eyes out, knowing that I had the power to rescue him. All I had to do was put my hand on his chest and he would stop crying because he knew daddy was there. Daddy was close, but I couldn't do it. I had to let him cry. I had to let him cry it out for days at a time until he learned how to put himself to sleep because it was better for him. If I rescue him now, it's gonna be worse for him in the future and worse for everybody else in the future. So I had to let him cry it out until he learned how to put himself to sleep. And so I didn't rescue him, even though I knew I could, I didn't rescue him. And so when God said, it's okay to cry to me, I knew I wasn't gonna get rescued. I knew it wasn't gonna be a quick fix. I had made bad decisions and now I had some consequences I had to deal with. But God said, I'm with you. I'm just in the other room. I'm here for you. And when you get through this time, it's gonna be better for you than if I rescue you right now. And so he let me cry it out for years. It was a few years, but let me just tell you, I didn't waste that pain. During that time, I got closer to God than I'd ever been before. I developed a prayer life. Every day I would get up in the morning and I would go pray and I would go read the Bible because honestly, if I didn't, I don't know what would happen to me. I might have just ran out, honestly. I didn't know what to do. I was supposed to provide for my wife and my new little son, and I was making no money, and I was losing everything. So I would get up, and I would pray, 
and I would seek God. I did not waste the pain. And I knew it was gonna be better for me if I could just get through it because God promised me that in that moment when he spoke to me. In 2010, right after actually I got hired to be a, 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 on staff here, we were still in the fight. We were fighting for our house and on the same day, my wife was in Atlanta and I was in San Diego. And we talked to each other that morning. It was, you know, that, that evening, we, that, the evening before we had both felt from God to just release our house, our home. Our home that we, you know, put $950,000 into. Just released it. The fight, it wasn't working. It was, it was too stressful. The fight was crazy. So we both heard from God that night before we talked to let go of the house. My wife was at a conference in Atlanta and she had some women praying for her that night and I was just praying by myself. And we both heard from God. She saw a vision. She saw a vision of a house with a white fence and a view and a barbecue. And she thought that was God just saying, hey, you know what, I got you. I got another place for you. It's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be okay. And so we, we, we talked to each other that next morning. An hour later, my sister calls me. I was at work, she calls me and she says, hey, um, I have a friend who's um, moving out of their dream house because they found another dream house. They said they just redid everything a couple of years ago. It's super nice. And now they're looking for someone to rent it. And so I told my, my wife about it and we didn't really want to move back to, you know, the El Cajon area. Fletcher Hills is where, uh, is where the house was. We wanted to live around here or towards the beach. But, but I'm like, babe, it might be from God. Like my, my sister called me an hour after we made that decision. So let's just go check it out. It might be a God thing. So as we pull up to this house in Fletcher Hills, my wife starts to cry because she says, this is the house God showed me when I was in Atlanta. And the people that helped us move in said, this house is nicer than the one you just left. And he didn't ask us for a credit check because our credit was thrashed because we lost all those properties. He didn't ask us for a, a deposit. It was God. It was God. We lived there for eight years and our rent went down, not up. It's just, it's just amazing the goodness of God. But don't waste your pain. Use your pain to put wood on the fire to light you up for the things of God. During that time, we never stopped tithing. We never stopped giving. And now I can speak about these things with some authority because I've been through the worst of the worst. I know what it feels like, but I know what it feels like to be on the other side and enjoying the goodness of God again. Some of you, maybe you just stopped dreaming because of what's been going on the last couple of years. I think God's gonna give you a dream again. And this dream's gonna wake you up to the things of God. God wants to give you a vision today that will open your eyes to the things of God. But he's looking for people who are hungry. He's looking for people that are thirsty. The people that are on autopilot, man, some, some of you need to challenge yourself. Some of you need to wake up. Some of you need to dream again. Some of you need to, some of you need to need again. Like Pam said, need doesn't move God, but faith does. And unless you need something, you can't believe him for anything. So once you need something, you can exercise your faith for him and then he'll speak to you again. Sometimes people say, God's not speaking to you. And I say, well, what, are you believing him for anything? Why would he speak to you if, he, if, he, if you don't need him? Some of you need to dream again. Some of you need to need again. I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What do you need this morning?
Why don't we stand to our feet? And some of you just need fresh power. Some of you just need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna ask you to come down here. If you're here today and you want to inject some spiritual steroids into your Christianity, I want you to come down to the front and I'm gonna pray with you. And you are gonna receive the power of the Holy Spirit. God is gonna light you up today. He's gonna light you up today. In a minute, I'm gonna lead, lead all of these people that, are, that come down to the front in a prayer. And then I'm gonna pray for you. And then the, the team's gonna sing a song and the power of the Holy Spirit is gonna come on your life. Evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit coming on your life is you speaking in tongues. It's just a sign that says, yo, I received the power. That's it, that's all it is, it's a sign. Disciples didn't know what power is gonna look like, feel like, or be like, so they needed a sign, so God gave them one. That's gonna be your sign. In order to speak, you have to speak. So your job and my job, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, after we pray this prayer, is to speak whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever comes out of your soul, whatever comes out of your spirit, just begin to speak. Everything in the kingdom is by faith. Some of you are already feeling the power of the Holy Spirit on you right now. God wants hungry people. He wants to put his power on people. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, then I'm gonna pray for you, and then you're just gonna begin to speak in whatever God is putting on the inside of you. It might sound weird, it might sound crazy, but remember, it's Jesus who is the baptizer, and it's Jesus who died on a cross because he loved you so much. He's the one baptizing you. He wouldn't do anything to discredit you or anything to mess you up, he just loves you. And then after you leave here today, I want you to go in your car, turn on worship music, and just practice speaking in tongues as much as you can every single day for the next 30 days until it becomes a normal thing for you. You guys ready? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. The Bible says that all we have to do is ask for the Holy Spirit and he'll give it to us. He will give him us, the Holy Spirit. So we're just gonna pray that prayer and then the Holy Spirit's gonna come on you. So if you're up front here, turn your palms towards heaven in a posture of receiving. And just say these words. Say, dear Jesus, the Bible says that you are the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that if we want the Holy Spirit, all we gotta do is ask. So right now, Jesus, we ask for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with power and with fire. In Jesus' name, I receive you now, Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for all these people standing up, hungry for the things of God. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, those that have come up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or just for fresh oil this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, we baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire and with power in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, 
go to awakenchurch.com.